Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. And you just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your sometimes glamorous host, David Strausser. This is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete chaos. You ready to get in shape? Fitness is all about today's episode. First, though, a friendly, yes, a friendly reminder that you can download the Shark Bite Biz app right there on the Google Play Store. It's only for Android users right now. Apple, we will be coming soon. You will get it on iOS and uh, you all will be happy. But every episode out there, video and audio, is right there in the app. Plus, you can purchase the freshest zombie-themed coffee on Earth, our own coffee brand, Dead House Coffee, right there on the app. Otherwise, you can head on over to deadhousecoffee.com, use code SHARK, you'll get 20% off your order, and we get all the proceeds that continue producing our show at the highest quality possible. So let's get back to today's stellar show. We're going to be talking about the fitness business again. This is something that we have talked about a lot during our time on this show. And this is somebody who has an interesting take about how they were able to grow their business in a world full of chain fitness places and how he was able to differentiate his business to really be able to compete and also help other owners grow their businesses as well. So, who do we have today? Ryan Abernesser. Ryan Abernesser is the CEO of OB Training Inc., Jim Profits LLC, and creator of the Take Back Your Life six-week challenge program. Over the last decade, Ryan and his wife, Christina, have built OB Training into a specialty training facility that transforms the minds, bodies, and lives of every adult that walks through their doors. In that time, OB Training has grown into a profit machine. I love that, a profit machine. Churning out multiple six figures in profits each year despite being located in Utica, New York, a city Forbes named the third worst, I'm sorry, but Forbes named it the third worst place for small business and careers in the United States in 2015. Ryan now coaches and mentors other gym owners on how to add more clients, grow their businesses, build amazing teams, and take home more profits he has been featured on the empire show with bedros keelian sorry bad with names and succeed fitness conferences sharing the leadership sales and marketing wisdom he's gained navigating the worldwide lockdowns the industry has faced his eight-week coaching program profits help jim's owners add an extra Seven to $10,000 of revenue per month to their business. So, hey, without further delay, let's bring Mr. Ryan right on in here. Business strategy. 
Ryan, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. Hey, David, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, no problem whatsoever. So we got a tradition here in the show. Very first, very first question is, where have you been? What have you done? What are you doing now? Basically, tell us what is that secret sauce that makes Ryan Ryan. Yeah. So uh, for the last decade plus, I've been in the fitness industry. Uh, my wife and I started a training facility back in 2014, uh, mm -hmm. focusing on transformation programs for adults. And you know, we've we've grown that business to be uh, very successful in our local area. Uh, and then since that point, it branched out. Uh, and more recently, the last couple of years have really been focused on coaching and consulting for other gym owners who run similar style mm -hmm. training facilities, where your uh, personal training, group training and small group training are really the main focus. So you started out basically being a, I guess you could say like a trainer yourself, helping people get you know, more fit and transform their bodies. I believe that you said transformation, right? Yep. How fun was that? How difficult of a challenge is it to get people to actually do that? I I think fun is an interesting word because in the beginning, uh, it, it's not that much fun, I guess. It's a little bit different, especially on the business side of things uh, mm -hmm. and really getting people to understand the value in training, also the cost and being okay with it uh, to get private training. Before I opened our facility, I, I was a trainer in a big box gym. Uh, you know, so you're working 5am to 9pm, just taking any session that you can. Um, and really, you're working around other people's lives. So uh, it is fun for sure. But it's definitely a challenge to get people on board to make some major lifestyle changes in order to get the results that they want. Right, right. And I really think that it like when you're starting this you have people that'll go through like for example my wife she's gonna kill me for this but like she'll do her diet exercises stuff like that and she'll be going for two three weeks and she's <laughs> like i have not lost one pound i am still the exact same weight and i explain because i used to weigh like 350 now i'm down to about 200 well maybe 220 because i did put on a little bit of weight during covid awesome. as most people well, have congratulations um, on that transformation <laughs> yeah thank you thank you but um i got an action plan now that i've realized it again and uh um you know starting through back on our routine because our routine was a big part of me getting up doing you know doing my laps you know drinking protein shakes stuff like that um was a big part and basically with covid and how everything went down and how it was hard to get some of the things that i normally did the routine totally collapsed and i became especially because i've had so many fitness people on the show now you know it, it it's yeah. become obvious well my big thing is for me like i my covid 20 is because of the fact that I've lost my routine. I got to get back to my routine. But my wife, on the other hand, you know, people, we live in a society where people want instant gratification. They want instant results. And it yeah. takes a little bit for most people's to your body, your metabolism kind of catches up with all the diet and the exercise that you're doing until you finally do actually start losing that first one, two, five pounds. And then from there, yeah. it just starts peeling away. 
Is that usually how you find that it kind of goes? Yeah, every person's going to be slightly different in terms of how their body adapts or how long it takes for them to really make a change, when they're going to plateau, you know, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. But uh, the, the, the example I always use for people uh, when they come for a program, and, and one of the things that we ask in, in onboarding them is, you know, how long have you been in your current state? So how long have you been living, let's just say, an unhealthy lifestyle? And if you look at, unfortunately, the majority of adults, it's probably going to be 10, 20, 30 years that they have been living a certain routine. And that routine generally is not healthy. So uh, to your point, when you have two weeks of a healthy routine, you're not going to undo 20 years, you know? So we ask them, how long have you been doing the opposite of what we're going to do? And, you know, they say 20 years. So, okay, we'll expect that it's going to take you 20 years and it's not the real number, but that's just a, you know, to right. give them the kind of reference. It's, it's going to take you the same amount of time to make this your new, like your new normal, your, your new routine, your new lifestyle. You know, that's funny because one thing that I said, one thing that you said actually meshed up perfectly there. And that was routine. Mine was that I lost my healthy routine. And I guess you can say in a way that I've had an unhealthy routine. The people Mm -hmm. that are obese or unhealthy, I mean, they have a routine too. It's just not that it's a healthy routine. Yeah, yeah, hundred hundred percent. And you know, you you mentioned COVID in the last year. Uh, A lot of uh, issues that we've seen in the health and fitness world stem from this up here: your mind and and mindset, and you know, mental health issues have been at an all time high. And if I, I always think back to your thoughts create actions, your actions create habits, and your habits create results. So yeah. in the last year, when people have really struggled mentally, it just becomes a you know, domino effect down that line where next thing you know, their actions are slightly different. So if you're you know having a rough day and the news or whatever is getting to you, next thing you know, you go out and have a couple of drinks with friends, and then you wake up late tomorrow. You know All mm-hmm. of these things start to become a snowball effect. So uh, you can very easily get into that unhealthy routine um, if yeah. something does throw you off. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned this uh, about the the mentality of things because there is, I believe it was a Harvard study that I'm pretty sure was peer-reviewed. Um, don't quote me on that, but the but the foundation of the study is actually true. And that is, um, and now this is, you know, a little bit earlier on in COVID. So there may have been more updated studies since then, something more recent, but they found that one in five people that have gotten COVID actually got uh, moderate to severe depression, uh, even hallucinations, stuff like that, you know, that they were having that usually started within 90 days of them being COVID free. And they don't really understand, hey, what's the connection with that and the mind? And there, there's probably a lot of people out there suffering with mental illness right now that have had COVID that have no idea. I mean, to be personal, I had it because I started having things happening. And I'm like, hey, I've never been like this throughout my life. And I went, to a doctor and he said you know what just so happens that's how i found out about it he's like take this you know in three months you should be back to normal uh this is what is what's been working with everybody that's had covid and bing bing boom i was back to normal probably in about i'd say four to six weeks in that range i started feeling like me again 
a lot of people don't know that. And it's one of the things that the mainstream media actually doesn't talk about that much. It, it's kind of like they're afraid to. Yeah, yeah. I know we've seen, um, I mean, I don't know about specifically from that, but just overall mm-hmm. in the last year, a lot of increase in mental health issues amongst our clients. Um, and mm-hmm. then also some of our clients who are in this in the psychological fields um, have said the same exact thing. And, you know, I, I think aside from just the, the illness part is that you have a disconnect of human connection. Uh, you're not doing your regular activities. You're not seeing people mm-hmm. like you used to, you know, and, you know, we're human beings. We thrive on that. Like that's one of the, oh, yeah. you know, that's one of the things that makes us unique is in, the, in the animal kingdom is that we, uh, we co-create, we, we, we're meant to live together and create together and dine together and all that stuff. So, um, you know, in the last year, we have seen a, a definitely a big uptick in that. Right, right, right. So I, I have one more question on, you know, the physical fitness side of things. And then I do, I mean, you teach gyms how to, you know, make their profit take off as your, you know, name <laughs> of your company says. So I want to get into the business side of things too, because that interests me just as much as talking about the the mental fitness side. I, I've got to ask culturally right now, and this is a hot topic issue, so feel free to avoid it if you want, but you have things to where people are making, oh, you know, dad bods are cool or body positivity movement, stuff like that. To what degree do you think that's actually, you know, hurts us as a society because it keeps people in a more unhealthy state? Uh, I don't know the exact degree on it, but I definitely do think that it's a slippery slope to go down uh, because you essentially are giving, we talk about unhealthy routines, you're just giving permission to those unhealthy routines. And, you know, we've seen like every single year, the obesity rate increases and, you know, specifically in the last year, one of the leading risk factors is obesity, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I think that there is a place for loving oneself, accepting oneself, but they're also, I think health trumps that, you know, yeah. if you're, if you're healthy, like not everyone needs to be a, you know, chiseled six pack and, you know, bodybuilder right. on stage, like that's like, of course, that's not realistic and that's not necessary, uh, but you should be taking care of yourself and being healthy. We shouldn't glorify um, being unhealthy because it's dangerous. It's not, it's, it's not I, going I think, to serve you. I think we're at the point to where they are really starting to glorify that. And it, it comes down to like, look, I, you know, I want you to feel comfortable in your own skin. I want you to be happy how you are, who you are. I'm somebody that's very open. I don't judge anybody because I've also been there too. And I know the difference of how I've been treated, you know, when I was 350 compared to when I was 200, which is kind of where I plateaued. And for the love of God, I haven't been able to really get much under that, maybe 195 every now and then, but that's it. Um, You know, so I've seen both sides of that. And yeah, you have to feel comfortable on your skin, but it's like when we talk about getting healthy, getting fit, it's not because it's like, hey, if you get healthy, if you get fit, um, you're going to be more beautiful or more handsome. It has nothing to do with that. I don't care how you look. It's actually because I want you to live a longer life, especially when we have a disease that um, you know, I just saw this amazing infographic and it laid out, uh, it was from, it was on the, uh, 
the Hill showed this, where the highest obesity rates are in the United States. And then they mm-hmm. overlaid an infographic of where the highest amount of COVID deaths were. And it was almost a one-to-one ratio uh, because of obesity. And that's what I think people, in fact, I think it was just the governor. Uh, I think it may have been uh, Newsom in California who tweeted like, hey, look, you know, fighting COVID is one thing. But one of the main accelerants of that is obesity. And yeah. we have to attack that. And he was attacked so bad he actually had to delete the tweet. And I thought that that is that's crazy that you're at this moment where you can't even talk about getting people to a healthy state in their body. Yeah, I'm a big believer in uh, separating fact from feeling. Uh, yes. There's no, there, like there's no reason to have feelings around fact. And if, for example, I, last I saw the, from the CDC's statistics on, on everything with COVID is like 78% of people that were hospitalized were obese. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really really large number, you know. And like and to your point about like in like the health is not about how you look, but it's about being able to do things and take care of yourself and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. My wife and I were just in Sedona, uh, Arizona last week, and uh, there was a hike that we did, and it was a relatively short hike, but it had a very steep incline, and it was uh, it was sad honestly to see how many people couldn't do it. They stopped. Like, yeah. And they turned around and they went back because they couldn't hike up this this mountain. Which it wasn't necessarily a mountain, but they couldn't hike up this, uh, you know, like these rocks because it it was difficult. And yep. they were it, it wasn't overly difficult where you needed to be like a rock climber or anything. You just had to be willing to get your heart rate up uh, to you know be a little bit challenged and and you know probably feel some burn in your legs and and arms and stuff and push through. But there was a lot of people who just couldn't like, and they were they were mad at the, at the guides for saying, telling them that it wasn't, it was a moderate trail. They weren't even, yeah. you know, considering that it was because they weren't healthy enough to do it. It was, you know, the, the guides. Now, there are some people, heart. you know, you got, we got to put the disclosure out there. There are some people like, for example, with me, part of the reason why my weight was so high is um, I have a moderate to severe thyroid condition, which at that point in time, they were like, oh, no, men don't uh, get thyroid issues. It's it's women that gets it. But mine's like very hereditary. And I got it. My mom has it. My grandmother has it. Uh, and probably more people in our family have it that doesn't even have a, a, an idea that they do. So once they put me on the medicine, my weight stopped going up. I got my thyroid. Yeah. That was my big issue. Now, I didn't lose weight. Because my mom was always like, oh, once I fix that, David, you're just going to start losing pounds. No, that's a lie. I did not lose one pound after being on the medicine for six months. That's when I realized, okay, this is a magic pill that's going to help me maintain my weight, but I still got to do the work to actually lose the pounds between diets, exercise, and routine. Yeah, so, ultimately, that, that, that's going to have to happen no matter what. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's talk about your your business with the Gym Profit Takeoff. You've kind of made a pivot from doing, you know, the, the one-on-one coaching to helping other gym owners and fitness experts become profitable. How did you decide to do that? Like, what was the the light bulb that switched on that was like, 
wow, I can, you know, make money doing this. We can make a business out of this. Yeah. So when I first opened my training facility, like I said, I'd come from a personal training background. Um, I did not know anything about business. Um, so when we opened our business, you know, we didn't know what to do and we struggled. Uh, I was fortunate though. I think in the, it was maybe 14 months in, I hired a mentor. I found someone who was mentoring other gym owners for uh, business and I hired a mentor to help me and our business doubled that year. And then wow. I, I had went to a fitness conference and I'm sitting there in the conference and there's, you know, probably a couple hundred, maybe about up to, up to a thousand people in this room. And uh, I'm listening to them talk and they're all much, much older than me. And they're all discussing these problems that they have and they can't make payroll. And there's, you know, all sorts of issues and they haven't paid themselves. And I'm thinking like, man, this is a bigger problem than I thought in terms of people not being able to run a business. Cause a lot of us do come from a personal training background, not a business background. Um, so I kind of knew at that point that once um, I had established my own business. That was kind of the next thing I wanted to do was to help other gym owners um, and fitness professionals because th that's just the reality is you know fitness and business are very different um, in a lot of ways. Um, mm -hmm. They're similar in some ways, but uh, you, you know making that transition can be difficult, and uh, you're wearing all the hats. Like so, you have to learn how to do a lot of different things from sales to marketing to management, accounting. And, yeah, yeah, accounting. Um, <laughs> You know, all of, all of these different things that you've never done before. So that was kind of uh, the light bulb in my head went off that, you know, I knew I wanted to be able to help more people and create a bigger impact in their lives. And, you know, we can transform you in health and fitness, but if I can transform your livelihood and that can bleed into your family and your, you know, your community that, you know, that's a big impact that I can make in someone's life. That's awesome. So your first 14 months, I believe you said, um, yeah, was pretty rough for you and then you got a mentor and helped you you know what specifically allowed your business to become so profitable so quickly was it the mentor and just a combination of things or what what was it then it was uh yeah so i guess getting a mentor and uh, learning sales and marketing um that was something that i had never even thought about <laughs> opening mm -hmm. the business which is funny when you think about it, when i think back on it um and then understanding the importance of systems in our business and then from there was scaling up our business, uh, both in pricing. So we increased our prices about 33% across the board uh, because we were undercharging for our services. And now, now I, I want to jump in right there. Okay. Yeah. You raised your prices. Most people that wear sales hat, we have a lot of people that are from the biz dev, business development, sales side of the house. And whenever they hear, Oh no, prices are going up. You know, they, you know, curl into a little ball in the corner and they're fierce on. Were you nervous at all about raising prices 33%? I was terrified. <laughs> I, 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 I was terrified. I was terrified to do it. Uh, we were already one of the more expensive facilities in our area, um, but we were in a place where uh, I call it like the broken gym where you are not making enough money per member to be able to market to add more members. You also don't have enough money to hire someone and you don't have enough money to provide the service that you need for them. So that way you have a churn rate that's too high and you pretty much are just running in the circle. 
is you're right. doing all the work, people are leaving, but you can't add them fast enough to replace them. Um, and ultimately it's because you don't have, like you're not charging enough money for your services. So you have no, no profit margin. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing is when we increased our prices, uh, like we grew faster. So I, I do believe that there is a certain like psychological connection between price and value. And if the value is not making sense with the price, meaning like if you have a high value service, but it's priced too low, it will actually turn people away. Um, right. I, like, right. You know, we have too good that's... to be true. Yep. Um, so once we increased our prices, things definitely started to grow. And then I would say really is what helped us become profitable and do it so quickly is we didn't like we didn't try to step away immediately. One of the things that we see in the fitness, like in the fitness industry, growth is, hey, you're going to become a personal trainer. You're going to maybe open your own facility. You're going to hire coaches and then you're not going to coach anymore because you're going to have coaches that do it. And for a lot of the people that I talk to that are new gym owners, they think like, in two years, they're not coaching anymore. Like they're going to step back and they're just going to be hanging out. Um, and uh, I don't know if this would be the best idea, but my wife and I, we did a lot, just the two of us for a long time, which allowed us to have a large cash reserve. So then when we were ready to grow, we could fuel it. Um, and that's one of the things. So your you wife, mo- it, it, sorry, your wife, it, she's a trainer then as well too, or? Yep. Oh, yeah, we opened the business great. together. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew that you opened the business together, but I didn't realize that she was also out there training people with you. That's great because, I mean, yeah. right there you have, you know, it's almost like a two for one deal. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> so you have your gym, you went through your struggles, you increased your prices, it allowed you to stop the churn and be able to grow your business. Where did the change happen then that? Instead of running your own gym, you started teaching other gym and fitness instructors how to be more profitable. Yeah, so that that change happened. Let's see, you're probably in 2018. Um, okay, just going going to more conferences, meeting more people, and starting to see the reality of of many gyms that are not very profitable. Like I think the average salary um, or pay that a gym owner takes home is somewhere between like 33 and Forty something thousand dollars a year, wow! Um, you know, and, and that's owning the business. So, so it's not a, uh, it's not a great uh, income for them, but it can be. Um, so it was probably that time that I started to get questions of, hey, how, how are you doing? What you do? Um, and that's when I started to realize that I know a little bit more than I thought. Um, mm-hmm. Or you know, like I like we have something a little bit special here um, with the Can way you, that we did things. I, I don't want to get too personal, so feel free to avoid this. But uh, you threw out the number that they're making what thirty three to like thirty to forty thousand, roughly a typical gym owner was at that time. Okay. Mm-hmm. In comparison, like, can you give us an idea of where you guys were, like how big of a difference it was? I mean, were you guys up in the, the six figures? Um, can can you give us some kind of idea so we have some benchmarks? Yeah. Um, like, I guess like collectively, like pulling between 250 and $350,000 out of the gym per year. Wow. So you were essentially doing, I guess we'll uh, give a throw out to Grant Cardone. You were like 10 timing, 10 timing them pretty much financially for, for the most part, nine times, uh, whatever that adds up to be. That is amazing. And I think, yeah, obviously, if, you, if you're doing that much more collectively than what 
these other then you have something that you're doing right i mean I, from my standpoint if that was me and i was in that position i would be like okay is this repeatable can i help other people do it is that kind of what went through your head then talking to all these people yeah is 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 really looking at what um, a lot of the market was doing versus what we were doing uh, and mm -hmm. then it's and seeing those main differences and then being able to go into those conversations and say like like hey here here are some of the first things that you need to start changing um, if you want to be able to get to that level, if you want to be able to even just grow, um, there, there's some main things that people need to start changing right in the beginning. Um, because again, uh, from the fitness trainer to a gym owner is a very different transition. So they don't think about yeah. some of those things on the financial end or like you said, accounting and yeah. you know, all sorts of stuff. So do you still currently own your gyms today or are you strictly doing the coaching, mentoring, and helping the gym owner? Uh, I do still own our, our gym today. That, that we, oh. we still have our gym in, in Utica, New York. And uh, uh, right now, I pretty much oversee just the, the leadership and the vision of the business um, and take the lead on the marketing. Uh, no, that's, that's great. So how does this has... How do you guys compete with like the the gold gyms, the planet fitnesses that are like what 10 bucks a month that they just try to get massive memberships and then just hope that nobody ever shows up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, how do you compete with the big boxes? That's one thing I've always wondered in the gym world. Yeah, we go opposite. So I believe in a marketplace, there, there's only two beneficial places to be when it comes to pricing. You can either be the lowest or be the highest but you have no leverage if you're in the middle. So for us mm -hmm. uh, going against, you know, Planet Fitness is 10 bucks, we're going to go the opposite. So for us, a membership starts at $200 a month. And Oh, wow. All, yeah. And we're also yeah. going to be providing something that they can't, which is going to be the coaching service and accountability, you know, all of okay. these different things that, that people really want out of the program. Uh, so that way it's not... Uh, hey, we're going to see how many people can't come, but we're going to make sure that everybody comes. You know, so that's we great. don't want someone. That's who's a whole other mentality than what they're doing because I mean, they're 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 literally um, leeches of. Uh, let's get everybody to sign up. It's only ten bucks a month. Three quarters of the people are going to forget about it after ninety days, and we're just getting all that yeah. free money coming in that'll help us maintain the equipment. For the twenty five percent, the people that do show up. I mean, is that more sense of their business model? Yeah, and a lot more people pay than people think. Like yeah, a lot, there's a lot of people because they'll have it and they'll forget about it. You mm -hmm. know, so like for us, in the opposite, if you are not in our, if you're a member of ours and you don't show up in the last seven days, like we are calling, texting, emailing you that seven days later to see where you wow. are, what can we do to get you back in. You know, whatever, whatever we need to do. Wow, wow. So, if you, what do you guys do if someone doesn't show up for thirty months? Are you, I mean, uh, thirty days? Are you going out there knocking on their door? Um, we we have done some uh, some level of like emergency rescue, where yeah, we'll send someone out to like their work and go see them, or you know, whatever we got to do uh, to get in front of them. Uh, we have a follow-up process that will, it's mostly phone, email, and text messages that we'll go through, and yeah. uh, you know, you could not respond, but we're still going to follow up. You know. Um, yeah, that's one thing, like we're always going to follow up to try to get you in the gym. I'm also not responsible for your finances though. So mm -hmm. if you want to ignore us and you want to not you know, communicate with us, but you want to keep paying, I'm not going to stop you. 
Um, but right. we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you get the value out of what you're paying for. That's amazing, though. I mean, like, for example, my day job, Vision 33, we do ERP, which is uh, accounting software, business management software, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know, the back end systems that, that businesses like yours would need. But basically, um, you know, like we have our AR collections process where it's like a 10 step process that we go to once customers are accumulating debts after, you know, usually we give them like net net 30 terms. So once they get to net 60, that's when like the red flags go up and we start our collection process. That sounds like what you start doing in a way, but it's not to collect the money. It's to recollect the client starting after yep. seven days. I mean, that's amazing. I don't think I've ever heard that from any of the gym owners or, or fitness people that we've we've had in here, at least that aggressive. That's what we try to be different. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I, you know, Doing what you're doing, managing the gym, um, we've already talked about your first 14 months, um, and now you're teaching other businesses how to replicate your model. I really like how you put it, you know, we want to be either the most expensive or we want to be the cheapest. Obviously, the cheapest is going to work because Planet Fitness is, you know, nine bucks a month, so you're going the opposite direction, 200 a month. but what other types of failures have you experienced in your business along the way that really shaped the path and helped you get to where you're at today? Yeah, I would say in, in, in terms of failures, in the beginning, we had tried. So a big piece of our business was sports performance. Um, in the mm -hmm. beginning, we had athletes that we trained, and that was really my, like my cup of tea. That's what I, what I ran. Um, you know, we had some failures in trying to acquire school contracts, uh, but that really just right. drove us to grow other things um, and to grow our own private athletes, you know, training business instead of trying to get connected with some of the colleges uh, when those things fell through. And then uh, I'd say some of the biggest failures, honestly, had been around leadership um, and, you know, learning lessons of leadership and how to become a better leader. Because uh, earlier on, I think in like 2016, 17, I did try to step into the coaching and step away from the business. And it was too early. And I learned the hard way of, you know, mm -hmm. having, uh, you know, not taking care of our team members the right way and things not going as planned and having to restructure and get those you know, step fully back into coaching clients and all these different things because of those missteps. So those are probably some of the most valuable lessons I learned around leadership and Mm -hmm. uh, you, your business is only going to grow to the level of leadership that you have. Yeah, I mean, being a leadership, especially in the industry you're in, I mean, you really have to be a strong leader and a strong mentor. And I mean, you know, I, I go back to when you were telling us that you got a mentor. And I mean, you could tell that you're you're you've got leadership skills. I mean, you're able to mentor people, but you need to find someone that's even higher than what you are to be able to get you on that right path. Uh, that had yeah. to be tough to do, right? Yeah, there's always someone on another level. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. So let's talk about we we've kind of talked about this when we were talking about obesity and the, the fitness of things, but uh, the pandemic, COVID, it has been very tough for us for a number of, of ways that we've already discussed. What about your business? I mean, you're in New York, okay? So yeah. you, you're one of the states that 
had, I think, some of the toughest uh, closed downs, regulations, uh, right up there with California, from what I understand. How was your business able to continue to thrive throughout 2020? And I guess we'll say at this point, 2021. Yeah. So the I'd say the biggest thing, uh, and this is a lesson that I learned from uh, one of my more recent mentors, Craig Valentine, uh, during the uh, very beginning, I think this is probably March, April, 2020, he said that uh, a true leader is someone who absorbs fear and exudes hope. Um, and I forget who said that. Uh, they're, they're, that is a famous quote from someone. I can't remember the name exactly. I, I, I think it was David Strasser. It, it, it no, might I'm have been, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but, we... Yeah. Uh, so we we immediately took right off in in that mm-hmm. um, uh, we shut down March 14th and by March 15th we had uh, a live TV show we started shooting of workouts uh, that we put on social media we took all of our clients online uh, we digitally, got, digitally transformed yep we we took we we just put everything into play we didn't even we, we didn't wait to think. Um, mm-hmm. you know so we started to do that and then from that point on we shot uh, my wife and I we took over, we started shooting live workouts twice a day. Um, over the course of, from March to June, we shot 73 live episodes of our TV show uh, for the workouts. Wow. We put on uh, 14 different uh, concerts, I think, or maybe 11 different live concerts. We connected with local musicians wow. and got them to perform live. Um, we have a, we had a full-time videographer, so we had full light show and you know everything. That's and awesome. then we also did uh, eight different virtual charity events. Uh, so our okay. thought was we're like we were going to be the positive news. We were going mm-hmm. to be you know that beacon of light in the community, um, and be everywhere um, that we could in the virtual world. How was churn during the pandemic with you doing that digital transformation? Was it higher than you would have liked? Was it what you expected? Um, it's really hard to say what we would have liked. I would have loved for everyone to stay. Um, but yeah. <laughs> we knew that was never going to be the case uh, during that time. We, we, we probably took about a 30% hit, um, which is why I'm so passionate about the idea of profitability in a business, mm-hmm. because even with that hit, we could still continue to push and still continue right, to because grow. You have recurring predictable revenue for the most part. I mean, in the software world, we're always talking about SaaS software as a service it's the recurring fees uh everybody's doing that i mean you probably do it with your um with your microsoft office account where you're paying x amount or your windows 365 account whatever they're calling it now but um you know with that you have a nice model to where even if you lose 10 20 probably up to, i think 30 to 35 percent is probably where i think the the red line is you should still be able to, uh, you know, to survive because you have built up such a large amount of that recurring revenue. Yeah. Yep. 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 Now, let me ask you, you help other business owners grow their business to try to do the model of what has made you successful. Obviously, there were a lot of places that were less strict than New York, you know, think of central U.S., the Midwest, I mean, even down south towards Florida, stuff like that. 
Did you put any more focus of, hey, these gyms are still open. Let's see if we can find somebody down there that we can sell our coaching services to? Um, during that time, actually, not really. It was more so mm -hmm. teaching others what we did to go online. Okay. Because I, I think uh, even though there were you know, places that were less strict, um, I do also think that at the, with what happened, every fitness business uh, hopefully has realized the need for a virtual platform of some sort or some sort of online coaching system that they can use, um, whether it is for supplemental income to the business uh, as an additional mm -hmm. revenue stream um, or just for something like this. You know, I don't think anyone ever thought that their business doors would be shut down. Um, you know, the government yeah. would say, hey, you can't open your doors. Well, if it happened once, it could happen again. So therefore, yep. you should Slippery actually Slippery slope. We've been there. So I, yeah, I wouldn't you know, say you have it could happen place. again. I would say it will happen again because the precedent has been set. I know every time I, I hear, uh, you know, I talk to someone with the fitness and we talk about how COVID affected them. I remember, I believe it was what, like the New Jersey gym owners that were pretty much, uh, you know, rested and stood their ground and feel so bad because, I mean, they still got rent that they have to pay. They have over other head expenses. I mean, that, that's got to be hard. And not all of those gyms, are set up like you are to where you were mm -hmm. able to transition quickly. Some of them just didn't have that level of profitability to be able to get the videographer to do this, to do that. And I, I think it hurt a lot of those small businesses. Yeah, you know, and, and I know a lot of businesses in, down in New York City or on the West Coast in California who, uh, you know, they didn't have uh, any sort of assistance. Like they didn't qualify yeah. for any sort of loans or grants. Um, yeah. Their landlords didn't work with them. Like I, I know some on the West Coast is a quarter million dollars in back rent, you know, and oh they're like, what God, can, you know, what can you, what can you do? They weren't in a position. Talk about things that keep you up at night. That would be one. Yeah, I, you know, like, like their business model wasn't something that was easily transitional, transitionable to online. They didn't necessarily have the uh, means to do it at that time. Um, and there was zero assistance on the rental portion when it came to their landlord. So yeah, they're stuck with 18 months of back rent. Wow, that's crazy. So I've got one last question for you and then we'll we'll get your info and stuff like that. Is you have one gym. It's operating obviously very profitably. Now you have digital training as well too. What about a second location? Have we ever thought about opening up a second location, second gym, third gym, franchising the model? Has that crossed your mind or is that not your thing? I did, um, uh, I, I did at one time think about that and opening a second location. Um, and uh, actually, I, I, like my mentors at the time recommended against it. Um, mm -hmm. Just in terms of what How my long ago was that? Are. Um, it was actually 2019, so I'm glad that I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With with COVID that happened, yeah, yeah. But who knows? I mean, give it another couple years. And mm. it, wait, first off, let's get into the objection. Why did they recommend not opening it? Um, so one of them said something that I think it's like it's kind of a good way of how I thought about it as well. Is rather than try to paint a whole bunch of different paintings, you could paint the Mona Lisa. So right. you know, to try to create something that's unique and special versus trying to just make something that's replicable. Okay. Um, and and it's just you know a cookie cutter design, I would say. Um, 
And I guess the the other one, when it came to the thought of opening another location or pushing more into uh, business coaching and consulting and you know speaking and the things I really want to mm-hmm. get into, uh, he said that opening a second gym was chump change. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and, I mean, speaking, getting on those speaking circuits, man, that is amazing. In fact, I have this here. I tap this book out all the time, but. I think it's an old school book, uh, but the Little Red Book is selling, you know, one of his steps in here is, hey, what's the best way to get new business? Like if you're looking to coach other business owners, stuff like that, his answer, free speech. And it's not free speech, like First Amendment free speech. It's getting out there and speaking wherever you can, because if you get an organization that has you as a speaker, whether it's a you know, a a chamber of commerce or whether it's a fitness focused thing right there, it's instant validation. And, you know, you, if you nail it out of the room, you're going to have leads that come to you right after you finish talking. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So with, with replication, every, every additional facility is a little bit more challenging to become as profitable um, and it's never going to be as profitable as your first one. Um, so you know, I think that was kind of, you know, what, what he was saying is like, you can do it, but it's like the, what is it? The, uh, is, is the juice worth the squeeze type of thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't uh, heard that phrase yet. That's a new one for me. I love it. <laughs> so, Hey, this has been fun. You enjoy yourself. We had a, a very good, deep, far reaching conversation. I thought. Yeah, of course. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So let me ask you, how can people find you and find OB training? Yeah. So best place to find me um, just for any sort of business material is on my Instagram, which is just my name. So at Ryan Oberdesser, um, always open for email. So anyone, anyone has question about business or marketing at Ryan at RyanOB.com. Um, and then the website for coaching and consulting is JimProfitTakeoff.com. Oh, awesome, dude. Hey, thank you so much for coming on here. You have such an awesome inspiring story i'm sure all this the business owners the people like that that listen to this show i'm sure they're going to get a lot out of it thank you so much hey my pleasure thanks for having me yep cheers that's a great chat with ryan right right wasn't it i loved it first you all know the routine if you found this interview helpful if it sparked those warm and fuzzies do me a favor hit that like button smash that subscribe button but if you really want to help us out Please, please, please share us out to your network out there, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you dwell on the interwebs. Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret out there in the world of business. I'd love to see nothing more than Ryan, Shark Bite Biz, heck, even me one day out there trending. So make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and again, Please share us out to your network. Now let's get back to our superbly fit guest, Ryan. Such an amazing story that he told us. I mean, it's pretty cool to hear his story and really learn from his experience. Ryan has a ton of competition. I mean, you have Planet Fitness and other national, even international chains that are undercutting him because many of those evil businesses bank on people signing up and then never going to the gym, and they're just getting that free recurring revenue. 
especially because it might be 10 or 15 bucks a month. So it's easily missed and people are just like, ah, whatever, you know, I'll use it one day and they might use it one day. But are they really getting the value from it? No. Ryan knew that and he also knew that he couldn't compete with the race to the bottom pricing strategy that Planet Fitness and those other gyms really go for. And what he did was say, hey, you know what? I can't go to the race to the bottom. I'm going to do a race to the top. I'm going to be the most expensive. But you got to remember, just putting a premium price tag on membership is only going to get you so far. You also have to give value. And value, he gives. <laughs> I love the innovation and creativity that him and his wife put in place to make sure that customers feel that they are getting the value of the membership that he is charging. I mean, it, it's really, really cool what they're doing and the accountability portion of it. I think that's one of the biggest ingredients that he has giving him value to his clients. I love that if someone starts missing appointments or not showing up, they track them down, they call them, they text them, they email them, even as much as visiting somebody in person to get them back on track. Now, like Ryan said, you know, he's not in charge of their financial expenditure. So if they just want to pay and not show up, whatever, that's on them. There's only so much they can do, but they do do that extra step to get that person involved because, I mean, you could tell just talking to Ryan, it is important that the customer is getting the value and that they're achieving their goals. And I think that's a huge differentiator. I'll tell you right now, Planet Fitness, they ain't calling anybody, <laughs> okay? I had a Planet, a Planet Fitness membership previously. I think I was paying for it for about 18 months. Not one phone call for them like, hey, Dave, uh, you ever think about coming in and visiting? No, they don't care. And that's where... If I had spent that same money with Ryan, I'd be there almost every day, at least once a week, especially if I knew like, oh man, I got to face the music. Dude's going to be calling me and they're going to be hassling me if I'm not there. And it's crazy because I'm the one that's paying them. I'm the customer. But if they're like, come in, come in. That's just great. I mean, the other companies, they're just like, again, hoping that you don't go because that's wear and tear in their equipment. Uh, they just rather you just pay them and forget about it. So it was really cool how he found a way to increase prices and reduce churn as well. Businesses have to remember when you get into a recurring business model, churn is critical. You need to reduce churn as much as possible. The nice thing about recurring revenue. One customer leaves, two customers leave, not the end of the world because you should have enough other subscriptions there to where it, you know, it covers it and then you're going to add to it so it should be able to be replaced. But it gives you a nice foundation. And speaking of churn, I mean, he had a good amount of churn that was due to COVID. I mean, that was something that I don't think any business could stop, especially if you were in the fitness industry and your business is literally closed down. But even with that, he was still able to remain profitable because he digitally transformed his business eventually overnight. I mean, I think it was pretty awesome that right away, without a doubt, he realized like, hey, 
We got to do something. And without batting an eye, bam, he went right into digital classes and making his remaining customers feel like they were still getting the value they deserve. And that's despite the gym being physically closed for a while. I mean, that, that's pretty incredible. That's a good leader. That's a good business owner. Um, yeah, I mean, one day I would love to go up there to Utica, New York, and see this in action and just study this, um, you know, from a, a pure business perspective to see all the things I could learn from how he actually operates that because it sounds like it's a very well-maintained machine he has going. So this is, you know, really what happens when you just go out there and do it. You go there and you just get it done. You know what you have to do, okay? You know what the situation is. You can't change the situation. The situation is what the situation is, you know? You can't unless you're going to rebel like some gym owners did in New Jersey. I mean, you're pretty much stuck. So you have to make the moves as quick as possible and adopt to the situation at hand. So really, congrats on all your success, Ryan and Christina. And really, I want to have you both back on the show again in a year to see how things are post-pandemic. <laughs> you know, if we ever get post-pandemic in a year, that is. Who knows at this point? So question of the day, have you stayed fit during COVID? Did digital training classes work for you? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Remember, if you want to be in the show, interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Please don't forget, if you're on YouTube, you can join the channel. It's $3 a month to become a baby shark. Or head on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK, get 20% off your order, and please help support this show. Y'all know this by now, but I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.